Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt.co, this is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Space Chain signs a Bitcoin multi-sig transaction in space. Goldman Sachs is on the hunt for a new VP of digital assets. And in our main story, Steam it. The history, the evolution, and the sale to Justin Sun. Coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? I hope everybody's having a great Tuesday, August 18th, 2020. Did anybody see the DNC convention yesterday? Democratic National Convention. I guess it's just the first part. Some great speeches. Michelle Obama. Stunning. Brilliant. Wonderful. Little contradictions between Kasich and Bernie Sanders, but all in all, it's very interesting to watch the evolution or the de-evolution of the convention here in COVID-19. Bitcoin and cryptocurrency prices are all over the board today. Let's go check them out. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 2.10 Eastern Standard Time. It looks as though we're pretty much down across the board besides one lucky fellow who's up. We'll get to that in a minute. Bitcoin, $12,016. Down 2.3% from yesterday. And I'm happy that Bitcoin is hovering above 12,000. It did dip below 12,000 earlier today, but it popped back up. So let's please cross our fingers. Let's stay there. That's our new bottom. That's our new bottom. Ethereum, 425.12, down 3.5% from yesterday. Litecoin, 66.80, up 1.8% from yesterday. Chainlink, losing all its gains from a day before, down to 16.19 down 13.9%. Big loss to Chainlink. And XRP, 30.5 cents, down 5.5% from yesterday. Total market cap for all cryptocurrency is $376 billion with a BTC dominance of 59%. In our main story today, we have news editor Tim Copeland who is going through doing the deep dives, doing the hard work so nobody has to, looking at the history of Steemit, the foundation, the creation, the sale, the controversy, or controversy, if you were in the UK. And here he is to talk about his 21-minute read, long read, deep dive into Steemit. You can find the link in the description, Mr. Tim Copeland. Tim, welcome back to the show. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Excellent, sir. Excellent. It's been a while since we spoke on the show. In the meantime, you wrote an amazing historical article about the company, the startup, the blockchain blog company, Steemit. It is in-depth. It is eye-opening. And I can't wait for you to tell me about it. I have personal opinions about Steemit. I used it when I started my first podcast and media company. It was very complex and confusing. And for some reason, I think that all might have something to do with like the way that it started, the way it went out and what's happening with it now. But can we just start at the beginning, man? 
how was Steemit created? So Steemit was founded in 2016 by two guys, Ned Scott and uh, Dan Larimer. Um, Dan Larimer is a bit more well known. So he created BitShares a long time before that and then ended up doing EOS, which was, you know, the, the world's largest token sale. Larimer and Scott, they had this idea of, of creating a blogging platform where blockchain was used to ensure that the content was preserved, uncensorable, and that there was a host of other benefits, that there wasn't like a Facebook entity that was stealing all your data. This was kind of, this was the original dream. The kind of controversy was, was more about how the how they kind of replaced an ICO with something that was a bit like an ICO, but it wasn't quite the same. That, that was kind of the most controversial bit from the beginning story. But fundamentally, that was kind of, it was those two guys and their team that that's how it all started. So can you tell me about the f- basic functionality or the concept of Steemit? I use this platform quite a bit. It was innovative, yet very cumbersome at the same time. But can you just tell us about the functionality and what the overall vision of it was? Sure. So there's, um, there's two things. There's the Steam blockchain. And there's the Steemit social network. Um, so the Steam blockchain is kind of what underlies the whole thing. So it's where when someone posts, that information gets stored on the blockchain itself. And then you can build any number of social networks on top of this blockchain um, using the data that's stored on it. But the problem was the actual Steemit social network itself never got, it didn't get developed that well. It was never that user friendly. There was there's a lot of complicated aspects in to do with how the blockchain worked and how that worked on the social network. And I think that put off um, a number of people. For example, like I tried using it once a long time ago. And I, I think I signed up and I got as far as finding out when someone upvotes a post, you get like you can choose between getting Steam power or Steam tokens. And I tried reading about that and I just didn't understand. It. And I think I ended up giving up. And, and I think that was probably kind of a stumbling block for a lot of people, whereas like crypto native people think found it a lot easier to use. Well, when you said never user friendly, I, I 100% agree. When I, I was using Steam and I know that I had a team of uh, writers. There was, you know, six to eight of eight of us uh, on the team. There was the login private key. There was the editor private key. There was the viewer private key. There was different writers private keys and different uh, authorities that you can give them. And it was just a pain to have all these private keys stored. And then, of course, I had the admin private private key that locked in our Steam tokens. Uh, if we got upvotes for the Steam token, we would get make we would make money off of our, our posts, you know, a couple bucks or 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 100 bucks sometimes if it was very popular. And it was just a complete fiasco to try to keep track of all of the private keys, all of the permissions that you're giving people, plus your tokens. Whatever happened to the owners when they launched it? So they launched the system, they launched this idea, and then things started to fall apart. So I actually think that's crucial to the story because the idea of Steam and Steemit was fantastic. It, it was an idea that had so much promise, an idea that captivated thousands of people to fall in love with this. Like the Steam community is one of the most diehard communities running kind of on the blockchain. They see the potential in it. Imagine Facebook, but when people upvote your post, you get paid in real money. Imagine the dopamine hit from if you're getting like paid money from all these people upvoting your posts and you might end up getting like $10, $20 a month or something just from posting on social media. It would be addictive. Like the idea is fundamentally brilliant. But the execution was poor and and fundamentally led to the sale of it later on. And then that led to all of this recent chaos. I'm happy you brought up the sale of it. I I went on it just the other day just because I was going to interview you about this. And it's not the same 
platform that I, I, I remember. It's mostly Korean and Chinese and Japanese language.、Uh, definitely moved to a very Asian centric focus. And it just is not something that I, I, I remember. Well, first of all, can you tell us about the sale? Can you tell us about the pivot? Can you tell us about basically, I would say, the, I want to say the hostile takeover of the blockchain? Sure thing. There's a beautiful quote at this point where Dan Larimer says that、um, one has to stay committed to a project and see it through to the very end. Well, six months later, he abandoned the project, and,、um, and that's when he went off to build EOS. Yeah, so after kind of Larimer left、uh, in early 2017, it continued, but there wasn't much development on the actual kind of protocol front on the network.、Um, there was a lot of money wasted on projects that just never saw the light of day. And everyone in the community was frustrated because they, a lot of them were developers. They wanted to work on this, they wanted to make it better and add features and stuff, but they weren't able to because it was kind of controlled by Steam Inc., the company behind it. Ned Scott, who was the CEO and, and he was the kind of main guy still remaining, he eventually kind of became disenfranchised with the whole thing. His stake, which is like called the Ninja Mine stake from, from the kind of covert pre mine thing they did,、um, he still had a bunch of that left, like a huge supply of Steam tokens. At one point, the community threatened to kind of delete them all. Because of things like that, he ended up just eventually decided to sell it. And he considered selling it to a few people. Like he made an offer to Dan Notstein, who was, was there when Steam began, and he ended up becoming like a witness on Steam. Steam, like, so he participated in, the, in its kind of on chain governance mechanism. Yeah, he ended up selling it to Justin Sun, the CEO of the Tron Foundation and founder of the Tron blockchain, for a deal that was just shy of $8 million, although only about half of that actually kind of changed hands once the Steam token was transferred onto the Tron blockchain. This was, this was kind of part of Justin Sun's grand idea that he wanted to kind of bring this huge kind of community that had a lot of energy and a lot of excitement. But had kind of nowhere to go with it because Steemit wasn't developing. They kind of bring them into the Tron community, spend money developing Steemit. The plan was that that would then really enhance the Tron ecosystem and kind of expand his kind of growing crypto empire. In reality, he found a less than receptive audience to his, his, his idea. Okay, so Justin and Tron owns Steemit now. Everything is, seems to be working on their platform, but the community is still not too happy about the way that everything rolled out. Am I correct with this? This is what the whole story is about. The whole story is about what happened after Justin's son bought Steemit, how the kind of Steam community rebelled against him, how he fought back, and how they basically fought it out and had a big battle until eventually the, the Steam, original Steam community just went, we don't need this. And they went and built their own blockchain. They, they just kind of cloned Steam, stuck a new name on it, made, made a couple of changes, and then the whole community just shifted over there. One where Justin didn't have any tokens. That's called Hive. And that's where kind of all the original Steam community now is, is running on and they're building on that. And kind of what's left on Hive, sorry, what's left on Steam is largely anyone who kind of supported Justin's son in the, in, in the fight. It seems interesting because it seems like this was a very simple purchase by Justin Sun. It seemed though the Steam it, people just didn't like Justin as Justin, not because of anything else. And then it seems as though the media or, and other people in the crypto space supported the, the move from the Steam community over to Hive. Do you think that this was fair to Justin? So I don't think. There was a huge hostility to Justin from the get go. I think people were kind of concerned. Some people claimed that he'd been、um, like voting on the Tron blockchain. They were worried that he would then vote on the Steam blockchain, on the Steam blockchain. But I think when the deal was first announced, most people kind of went, okay, this could be good, this could be bad. What, what Steam's missing is a huge amount of marketing. 
Justin is a great marketer. Maybe he'll bring a huge amount of marketing and really kind of explode this ecosystem and make it much bigger and better. But they were also concerned that suddenly he had all of this money, all of these Steam tokens. And because of the on-chain governance system, that meant Justin had the power to take over the blockchain if he wished. And that's what they were concerned about. So they were both kind of optimistic, but concerned that potentially their blockchain might get taken over and they might lose their money. So this is what so what happened um, within a few days of Justin acquiring Steemit is that the Steam witnesses decided amongst themselves on a 19 vote to one, there was kind of one person who disagreed with doing it, and they chose to freeze Justin's funds. So the funds that he were given as part of the deal, these are the funds known as the Ninja Mind State, and that that's kind of what triggered it. They made this kind of first move. Their reasoning was, you know, this is a dispute, let's freeze the funds until the dispute is resolved. However, uh, it seems that Justin didn't see it that way, and he was kind of reacted saying, why have they stolen, they, they've kind of frozen my money, what else might they do to my money? And, and clearly he was concerned about that, like, you know, which is very understandable. Then when Justin chose to retaliate, made the situation even worse, and then the guys, the Steam community kind of fought back, and by that point it, it was just um, chaos. So there's definitely kind of two sides to this story, which, which I think is what makes it so interesting. Interesting, interesting. Well, Tim, thank you very much for giving us a summary on your story. And I hope everybody goes over to decrypt.co to read it. It's a hell of a read. And in other news, one of the coolest things I've seen reported in a while, Space Chain, signs a Bitcoin multi-sig transaction in space. The researchers sent 0.01 BTC through the ground facility to the International Space Station. The project aims to build an open source blockchain based satellite network that is secure and immutable. This is super cool. By the way, the technology got there on SpaceX, satellites, satellites, Starlink, Starlink, Bitcoin in space, asteroid mining, the Winklevosses, the Winklevi saying that Elon Musk is going to go to the asteroids and mine all the gold and depreciate the value of gold. It's all coming true right now. Here's the proof. Space chain multi-sig transactions. I spoke about this before. If you're going to get people mining asteroids and getting all that precious metal out there, if you're talking about titanium, platinum, gold, whatever it is that are in those asteroids, you're going to need a way to verify the haul the mining, the payments, and how do you do that in space? Big bags of cash, swiping visa cards? No, you're gonna need blockchain, you're gonna need some sort of digital asset that can be confirmed in space. This is the future, ladies and gentlemen. This is the future. The wink of eye, you guys are right. Elon Musk is on a quest to mine all the gold and devalue gold, so we are all holding big bags of Bitcoin. Zcash is going to get a five-member board to control $36 million in treasury funds for Zcash. The new board will be the largest controller of funds governing Zcash activities and deployment. The foundation said the community's interest in such a proposal grew in the past couple months. The move came as community-based governance gains popularity among, well, the community. DeFi strikes again. A completely valueless DeFi token breaks the price of $11,000. Launched less than a month ago, the Ethereum-based decentralized finance token YFI nearly has the same price as Bitcoin, reaching $11,275 today. Launched less than a month ago, now over 60% of the YFI tokens are currently locked in various staking pools, driving the demand up. Total supply of the tokens are 30,000 coins. What is going on? 
A former developer advocate at security audits firm Open Zeppelin, Dennison Bertram, says, quote, There's only 30,000 of these coins, so I don't think it turned too many people into millionaires, if any, to be honest. There was almost never enough supply available, and the folks who were able to yearn enough of them did so via providing millions in liquidity. So folks, this is just one of those stories that are going to keep popping up in 2020 of crazy DeFi price stories. Keep your eyes and ears open. It's going to be a wild ride. And finally, do you have the gumption, the will, and do you even care to be the VP of digital assets at Goldman Sachs? Well, they're looking. Goldman Sachs is hiring a vice president of its digital assets team. The role will focus on the firm's strategy in the digital space. The new vice president will work with Matthew McDermott, recently appointed as head of digital assets. And by the way, this is a London-based vice president position. So if you have the gumption, the will, and you want to work for Goldman Sachs, hit them up. You can hit me up too, and Matthew Aaron at decrypt.co, and I will try my best to put you in touch. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. If you haven't, please go to iTunes, leave us some stars, leave us a comment, and share this podcast so more people can find the daily news. It's important to keep up to date on what's happening in the crypto space. News travels fast, moves fast, prices move fast, which means you have to act fast. And the only way you can act fast is by getting the news. We'll see you tomorrow for more news. Happy hodling.